Welcome to Strange Days. My name is Paul Morn and I really am enjoying collecting my thoughts here on the spiritual practice of fasting. Yesterday we spoke about a brief introduction to fasting. Today we'll be looking at what fasting is not, some of the ways in which we can misunderstand this spiritual practice and therefore maybe not take up the challenge of spending some time this week fasting. So I want to dismantle some of those objections today. But I thought of an analogy that might help set the tone for what we're trying to achieve during these strange days. We want to be those that become more mature, that are spending time with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing what he would do during this lockdown period and for all the days that lie ahead in our lives. I thought of this analogy that might help us. Imagine a friend or a family member comes to you and says, you know, tomorrow between six and nine, I want to run a half marathon. Well, that's a great intent. It's motivating words but imagine that this person is just not a runner they haven't run for years their diet is out of control they have no understanding about fitness or stretching so whilst you applaud their enthusiasm and their resolve you if you're a good friend would say to them that there needs to be uh, a few more steps before they try and get on the promenade and make that run i hope you'd advise them on the need to get the right equipment, the need to practice, the need to stretch, the need to increase their understanding of how to run technically and to over time become a runner, become someone for which running a half marathon on the prom for three hours in the morning is something that they can do sustainably for the rest of their lives. I hope that makes sense to you, right? Now, imagine trying to follow Jesus Christ who encourages us to do things like forgive our enemies, to turn the other cheek, who calls us to these radical steps. Imagine trying to just say, I'm going to do that. From now on, I'm just going to do that. And not in any way change your lifestyle at all. To not uh, gain understanding of what it means to to follow Jesus. To not change any practices of yours in anticipation for when those moments arrive. I hope you could see that in many ways, someone needs to become a runner before they run that half marathon. The same way we need to be on a journey, on a trajectory of becoming the kind of people who can forgive their enemies when the moment arrives. Who've spent um, time with God, loving Him, such that we can then love people as a natural response. Not as an act of the will, as good as the will is, but actually as an overflow of how we have been able to prepare ourselves for such a moment. And so all these practices we've been looking at are there to help us become the kind of people for which following Jesus becomes more and more natural. Andrew Murray, who uh, ministered in the Western Cape for many years, over a hundred years ago now, wrote the following. He said, you know, fasting helps us to express, to deepen, and to confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain the kingdom of God. See, we do pray the Lord's Prayer we've just been studying and we do say things like your kingdom come your will be done earth as it is in heaven and fasting is our way of of including the whole body in expressing that in deepening that resolve and confirming that resolve saying god i want your kingdom to come in my life in my body i'm prepared to sacrifice anything to see that happen i sign up to be part of your kingdom and seeing that fully expressed in my life and the life of others And straight away, you might be hearing that thinking, whoa, Paul, that sounds um, repressive. That sounds stifling. That sounds like I'm trying to earn my relationship with God. There's all kinds of concerns that leap 
out of me as I listen to you. And I want to address those because some of those are real concerns and they're some of the things um, that we've experienced as we've perhaps started to practice this spiritual um, practice of fasting. That might be one of the reasons why we don't come back to it because we don't have a clear understanding of some of the ways in which we haven't understood what fasting should properly um, be known as. And so I've got seven things here around how we can misunderstand fasting, how we can try to um, essentially uh, avoid fasting because we think it involves these things. So let me get going. My first list is we might think that fasting is, is an ability to get God, that we can get God, that we can manipulate God. If we fast about something, we're showing God, look, I'm utterly serious about this. Now you owe me. Now you need to come through for me. Think of as a parent when you talk to your children. They would say something like, I mean it. And then maybe you might say, no, I don't think so. And then they'd say something like, no, no, I really mean it. It's like their way of, of showing you that this is something they really, really want. And they feel that, that that word alone can somehow manipulate you and change in your mind. It's not at all what fasting is about. Fasting is not your way of getting God, manipulating God. He's the creator of the universe. That is not what it's about. Secondly, fasting can be something that puts us off because it's an area of our lives where we get disproportionately discouraged. You know, maybe you've tried and you've rolled up your sleeves and you just find yourself breaking your fast, just not able to make it. You find yourself becoming weaker through the practice, not stronger. You don't feel any closer to God. And you may, might even see it as this kind of like unforgivable sin that you just can't get right in your life. I want to be careful here. It, it, is, a, it is something that if you've committed to do and you... And you aren't able to do it properly it is something that should discourage you i mean you should be able to confess to the people that you said hey let's fast together and you went able to do it you should be able to confess hey guys i only made it at three o'clock today i just want you to know and i hope that they come around you and say it's not unforgivable sin let's let's grow in our understanding of this and what is actually happening and let's help each other grow in this but certainly don't be put off by fasting just because it's an area where you've been discouraged in the past but thirdly i then want to say don't let fasting be something that it becomes a place of disproportional encouragement in your life. Maybe you're someone who can do fasting easily and you're kind of like nailing it. And so you're listening in because you're like, yeah, I'm polishing the diamond. This is something I do very well. I, I fast so well. I must clearly be in God's good books. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of merit that's going to flow to my life. No, no, no. You are saved by grace. And it's that grace that transforms you. This is not a way of getting a disproportionate amount of encouragement from God. No, he loves you as you are. But you do have an opportunity to in, engage in the spiritual practice to grow in your love for God and love for others, not in your love for your own uh, performance. So fasting is not about getting God. It's not about disproportionate discouragement. Neither is it about disproportionate encouragement. And neither should it be about, fourthly, getting attention. Getting attention. You know, there can be something in our lives where we figure it out and say, you know, people that are fasting are really serious. They're like really religious people. They're really spiritual people. So that if I'm someone who's fasting, geez, I must also be someone very spiritual. And there's a way in which we can put our hands up and sign up for fasting and say, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm really cracking on here. And we can use it to get attention. If people ask us how we're doing. We can say, oh, you know, I'm quite tired because I'm fasting today. Or, you know, I'm so hungry because I'm fasting today. No, Jesus spoke about this is a motive. And he said, oh, if that's your motive, you've received your reward in full when people um, acknowledge you in public for what you're doing. The thing we can get it wrong is we can use fasting as a way to get healthy. You know, that um, we've read all these things about intermittent fasting and wow, this is amazing. I can get healthy and detox and be regarded as spiritual. What a win. 
Well, it's a, it's a happy byproduct, but don't see that as your goal. Sixthly, fasting can be an area where we want to get radical. It's an area where we can tend to extremes. Think of those that have suffered from eating disorders who will not engage with food and can take it way too far on that end of the spectrum. But then also think about the tradition of Fat Tuesdays, which happened just before Ash Wednesday, where people knew that the season of Lent was about to start, and so they would stock up and have the most gluttonous feast of meats and all the other goodies that they were going to give up for Lent. You see both those extremes of eating way too little for too long and eating way too much in anticipation. They both just miss the point that this radical nature is not actually radical. It's just missing this practice which helps us to become more like Christ. And then finally, the thing which fasting is not, which kind of wraps up all the themes, is it's something we do to get benefits. Scott McKnight in his book terms it, he calls it benefit-itis, that we think, man, I'll do all the disciplines where I benefit, and that's where my eye is placed. But actually, I should be on becoming like Jesus and loving God and loving people. And if benefits flow later, that's fantastic, but that's not the purpose. So, quick recap. What are the seven things that fasting is? And it isn't a means to get God. It isn't a means to get disproportionately discouraged or disproportionately encouraged. Fourthly, it's not a means to get attention. It's not a means to get healthy. It shouldn't be used as a way to get radical and it shouldn't be all about getting benefits. And tomorrow we'll talk about what it should be used for and how it helps us to become the kind of people that love God and love people. Thomas Ryan in his book, The Sacred Art of Fasting, said this. He said, the tendency is to think that God will love us if we change, but God loves us so that we can change. Let me say that again. The tendency is to think that God will love us if we change, but God loves us so that we can change. So practices and disciplines like fasting enable us to appropriate and make real in our lives the freedom given through grace. So God, we come to you freshly this morning as we consider this very practical spiritual practice of fasting. Will you help us as we fast at some stage this week, get clear in our minds all the reasons why why we're doing it, strip us of all these reasons that are just not of you, where we can get sidetracked, we can keep our eyes on ourselves. Guide us such that fasting becomes a response to who you are, we pray. Amen.